This is Amateur Logic, episode 134, for September 15th, 2019. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM. Make the most out of contest season with the new ICOM transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. Greetings and welcome to another exciting episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And it's good to be back. Well, we've got goodies on the table here. We're going to be talking about those a little later. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. To, uh, let's try some of those out. I would, too. So I'm going to turn up my earbud here just a little bit. And now I can hear us. Well, I'll, it's going to be uh, more an action-packed adventure tonight. Oh, yeah. I'll, it's going to be I'll a good variety. We, we got a lot of stuff to cover here. You know, I was at Huntsville uh, just a few weeks ago. Wayne and I went over there. I shot some video, and I came back with more video than I thought I did. Than you shot? Than I shot. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> But more than I thought I shot. So uh, we've got a lot lot to cover there. And, you know, I, we don't cover everything. Uh, I just tried to find some unique things, you know, mm-hmm. some interesting things. So that that's what I've got to show tonight. Uh, Tommy, what are you going to be talking about? Well, I got a new toy coming up, and uh, I got a little project I did. That hopefully it's going to save people a little bit of money and maybe make... Uh, using the uh, rig pie from MFJ a little mm-hmm. bit easier. Yeah, so, that is yeah, so that I'm, is a nice. So anyway, hopefully that'll be good. And email, you've you've been working on a pie related project too, I think. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I've been I've got some new digs here, started up uh, a new location for me and uh, decided to use one of my raspberry pies to take care of a a pile of CDs I had laying around, so we'll take a look at that. Okay, cool. Well, you know, anytime that we're streaming live, we've got the chat room going on at the same time, amateurlogic.tv slash chat. So you people watching live, uh, if you want to join in the mayhem in the chat room, that's where you do it, right there. Yep, that's, uh, if, you're not, if you're watching a live stream and you're not in the chat room, you're missing half the fun. And the question is, Luke which Eddie, half? Which half? <laughs> he, he usually beats me to that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get on into the emails here. Uh, tell me what what is your first one here tonight? Well, I got a I've got a good one here from my friend Elliot. Yeah, he's uh, he's been watching the show for years and years. He writes in 
fairly frequently. It's always good to hear from him. Says, hi, George, or Tommy and George. I've been experimenting with a Raspberry Pi 4. I just found out that the Pi Store software doesn't work with the Pi 4 and the DB Mega hardware. Out of frustration and wanting to experiment, I went back to the basics, Amateur Logic TV, episode 57. That's, that's way back. The DVAP Pi, tasty. Well, I just want to say it still works. Listen in to Reflector 30 Charlie as I type this. I guess the software will catch up with the hardware and the Pi Star sometime down the road in the near future and have a build for the Raspberry Pi 4. Side note to George, so this is for you too. I did, as you said, and I ordered a kit with the case, fan, and power supply, and I discovered it had bonus points. Total cost was under $12, and that's for a meal. Might be cost-compliant per year standards. Thanks for all the help over the years. Uh, cheers, Elliot. K1MF. And, Elliot, I I think maybe that's the case we were talking about mm-hmm. right there. Sure. Now, that, yeah. that's the one I mentioned to you. It's the same one you got in there, Yeah, time. it is. Uh, it's a good case, and the, the fan is, like, super quiet on that thing. Boy, it is. It's it's multi-layers here, so it's a little a little work to put together. Not a lot, but, mm, yeah, you know. So mine actually came together. I basically just took the layer off the bottom and put the pie in there. Yeah, mine didn't. Oh. Uh, but it was the same basic case except different name on it, so... Um, that that's a Pi 4 right there. That's the 4 gigabyte model. It, it finally came in. You know, they were back-ordered for everybody we knew. And Tommy and I got ours yeah. uh, roughly the same time. I think ordered it the same day they were announced. Yep. They just came. Yep. And uh, this is the one I picked up in Huntsville. This is uh, also a Pi 4. This is a 2 gigabyte model because I didn't know my 4 was going to be here that quick. But, you know, it's pie, and you you probably want more than one slice. So I I got a 2-gig and a 4-gig model. These, you know, the originals only had 1-gig up till the mm-hmm. Pi 4 version. So uh, I hadn't done a lot with them yet. Just kind of got them imaged and started up. And, and this is a different case. Uh, the top opens on this one. Yeah, I like, nice. I like it's, the it's hinged to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a fan on it, too. The only drawback is you can actually hear the fan on this one pretty loud So uh, when it's on 5 volts. So I redid the connector and just put it on 3.3 volts, and it's a little quieter and a little slower. So... The Raspberry Pi 4s, they're out in the field now, the 2 gigs and the 4 gig models, and we're going to be doing stuff with them, but as as Elliot mentioned there, not all software is compatible with yeah. the Raspberry Pi 4 and I, yet. I suspect some of the hardware may not be. I know the cases aren't because they've changed uh, yeah. the right. Ethernet yeah. jack used to be on the other mm-hmm. side. Well, and the, the display ports is. too, huh? They swapped mm-hmm. it, yeah. So a lot of things have been moved around the Got the two micro yep. HDMIs yep. now. Instead of so the that's different. One. So yep. anyway, be aware of that if you order one. And you'll need another power supply too because these have a USB, USB 3 connector. USB-C. USB-C, that's right. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if they make one with 3.14 gigs of RAM. <laughs> I don't. That would be it perfect. I don't recall. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> 
Oh, and they do have USB 3, which I said, but that's not what I meant to say. So I, I haven't I haven't done anything. I I tried to put on my uh, mono development platform programming language on it, mm -hmm. which I've been using on Raspberry Pi 3 with with pretty good success. Just that there's problems with it. They don't have a, a release for the Pi 4 yet. Oh, wow. So the one for the Pi 3 just, just would not work with it. Anyway, oh, I'm sure they'll be updating that before long. Oh, yeah, you know it. So if you get yours, make sure you go and update your distro fairly frequently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've got an email here, and this one came from our chip friend. A chip friend? Our chip friend, our friend Chip. Who's in the chat room? He's in the chat room, K9MIT. We finally met this year at Huntsville. He came down. Yeah, I hate I missed that too, man. Yeah. Uh, I would not have known him had uh, had I not seen him. So, <laughs> so that makes sense. I imagine that's probably the most true statement I've heard so far. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's Chip right there. We we uh, visited a few minutes at Huntsville there. I would have like spent more time visiting, but we both kind of got tied up with stuff and just I, well, I, di I didn't run across him again. Yeah, I'm so. sure he's probably in pretty high demand around there. I think so. Yeah, you know he's passing out the knowledge and everything mm -hmm. and, and the jokes. So, yeah. which as a matter of fact, he had one for us here in the email. He says, if you rearrange the letters in the Morse code, you get, here come dots. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's interesting. And I had to try it just to be sure. And yeah, if you take all the letters in Morse code and rearrange them, here come dots. Interesting. I don't know how he ran across that tidbit of wisdom, but um, someone may find it useful. Yeah. Well, I mentioned the Huntsville Ham Fest and going there, and you know Wayne and I always ride over together because we mm -hmm. both like going to that Ham Fest. And we just shot a little opening video of the two of us just uh, when we first began our venture there at the Ham Fest. What event are we at? Oh, the Huntsville Ham Fest. You know that? Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't know that. At the Von Braun Center here. In Huntsville, Alabama, it's always a great ham fest. We were a few minutes late getting in the door, but I think they still got stuff. I don't think they've sold out of everything just yet. Uh, hopefully not. A few things I want to try to find, and maybe I'll get lucky. Cool. All right, well, let's hit it. All right, we're on the way. See you all later. And that was short but sweet, and we both took off there and... He went and did his stuff, and I went and did mine and ran across them every now and then. And the reason I say that is because it was really crowded. Not crowded, but it was a bigger crowd this year than, really? than it has been. Oh, that's cool. So a uh, really good crowd, especially on Saturday there. Uh, a lot of good vendors. A lot of good uh, stuff in the flea market as well. Yeah. And I brought back a few things. You know, I didn't get a whole lot, but I... I did pick up a little stuff there that 
Uh, I'm looking forward to playing with. Yeah, well, yeah, you picked me up some stuff. Picked me up one of these pies. Yeah, I did, and I picked me up one, too. Yeah, yeah I, I really didn't... enjoyed those tables over there, those flea market tables off to the left. Is it still set up like that? Oh, yeah, off to the left and in the rear. Yeah, so nice. It's a lot of good flea market stuff, and since it's in Rocket City, there's... There's stuff there you won't normally see mm-hmm. in the ham radio flea market, especially in the test equipment arena. Yeah. A lot of really unusual test equipment. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's always a good ham fest. I I hate I missed it. I was going to go do something this time. I even thought my son was going to go. He ended up not going. Mm-hmm. Went by myself, and it wasn't a very good time. I kind of hate I didn't go now. So I'll, I'll be going next year for sure. Okay. Let's remember that. Count on it. We'll we'll hold him to it. Email, can we get a commitment from you? I know I know I'm going to uh the the Mecca next year for sure with John, but I'm not sure about Huntsville. Oh, y'all are going to Dayton. Yes. Well oh, that'd be yeah. awesome. That will be. Boy, yeah, bring comfortable shoes. All right. <laughs> you? Or boots. May, may may want boots. It just depends. <laughs> yeah, I might have to have some boots because I think I'm planning on parking in one of their uh, flea market areas. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, that that's going to be a good one, too. So while at Huntsville, you know, and in a lot of ham fest, you see the wireman mm-hmm. displaying there. Yeah, yeah, and they've got around. all different kinds of cables. Uh, they, lots of coax, ladder line, uh, rotor cable. But they've got a lot of other things, too, besides just that. They've got a lot of accessories. And I had not really stopped and took a good look at it until this year when a couple of things caught my eye there. And I, fortunately, I managed to get some interviews and find out about these unique items. I'm with Michael at the Wireman, and they have some neat new products here that, well, I I say it's new. I don't know if it's new or not, but I have not seen this before. What is this, Michael? It's what we call the Handy Helper. It helps install the PL259. Well, any help you can get on installing a PL259 is good help. (laughs) Right. Once you peel back your jacket, and you're peeling back your braid. And that's double shielded. That's the good stuff there. Yes, sir. This is low loss. This is our Super 8. It's equivalent to the LMR 400 Ultra Flex. All right, so you have your braid come all the way to the end right there. Yes, sir. This is a solder type, which you'll be needing through the four holes. And this is the part where you scratch up the connector with your pliers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> usually. But this will take all that away. And you just gently turn it. And it will bottom out. That was much easier. Yes, sir, it is. It helps a lot, especially with the 
direct variable jackets. It makes it a lot easier to screw down on the PL259. I think I'm going to have to get one of these. We do have them in stock. They're $10 a piece. Sold. Here's Deborah with the wire man, and she's got some really neat lightning suppression projects here that she's going to tell us about. Deborah? All right. How has how um, Huntsville been this year? It's been good. This has been a good year. We kind of transitioned from one space to another. Our customers found us. We had a lot of uh, guys come by yesterday, sold a lot of lightning protection products. So um, it's been a good year. Huntsville's a good show. Yeah. Well, and in the South, we need lightning protection. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it does help to have uh, your station grounded properly, uh, not just inside but outside too you think of it as a whole uh starting from your first installation outside in and um you know it's not just an overbearing type thing you need to do but you just need to think it through clearly and uh make it fit to your installation rather than you know your neighbors who might be a little bit different than yours so it's a good thing well, it looks like you've got some interesting things here and something that would probably be good solutions for a lot of people. Let's take a look at some All of right. those. That'll be good. Looks like the perfect thing to me, spark gaps. <laughs> right. This is a actually an, uh, a very old solution to early days of amateur radio uh, when we were doing uh, ladder line and open wire feed line back in the early years of amateur. This was actually written up in uh, CQ Magazine, QST Magazine, several, several years ago in early amateur radio. But this is called um, a lightning arrestor for ladder line. It will adapt to 300 ohm, 450 ohm, um, using spark plugs, uh, like a spark gap. So what this does is you take your ladder line and splice it in, whether you have 300, this accommodates 300 or 450, you screw these off and actually just strip back a little bit of strip of your ladder line and put it through the right size to fit your, whether 450 ohm or 300 ohm. And it basically, uh, from there, you weatherproof that in, take it into your house. And uh, this actually will help uh, lightning protection for your ladder line. You can mount it on uh, different, you know, accessories if you have it by via of the brass nut and screw there. Or if you have a 5-8 ground rod, and we can adjust these to uh, your liking if you have a half-inch ground rod. But 5-8 copper clad steel is usually the standard for lightning protection. This will mount right on top of that and will easily take the nut off and adapt to that. This comes as a combo, if you'd prefer to have it as a combo. But what this is designed to do is come down from your antenna. And at this point, wherever you mount it, we suggest outside never... We don't suggest bringing a lot of lightning protection inside your house. Because you're trying to keep it out, not bring it in. So basically what you would do with this is mount this at the bottom... Uh, onto a ground rod or whatever your preference is somewhere in the line <clears throat> and uh, when you install it just give a little whistle into your microphone and that will set the gap for you and 
we've had some experience with these with customers in the past. Uh, one of our main experience with this was a customer had a direct lightning hit. Now, actually, as it came down the ladder line, it came to this point. It blew everything to smithereens here, but it took the lightning to ground and did what it was supposed to do. The only thing he could uh, salvage out of this whole device was this little top here. He had one of them. So it does work. It does help keep the lightning from entering into your shack. Uh, and light, ladder line is a very good uh, line, but it's it's a little hard for lightning protection. So this is just one way to do it. That's a perfect solution. I mean, so what if you lose, you know, $26 worth of metal and spark plugs? That's right. That's right. If you... This, this is what this is designed to do, to keep your equipment in your house from, which costs a lot more than the, than the wire itself, uh, protected. And we have thousands of these out there in um, amateur market, and we, they swear by them. Very good product. And you've got uh, another thing up here that um, I know what it is, but may not uh, a lot of people, porcupine. Yes, this design came from Lightning Master, who is the number one people in lightning protection for commercial, that type of thing. This is called a per- porcupine. Basically, what this does is designed to mount at your highest point um, on a tower. I have guys that put these in different places when they're having an antenna dipole at the top of their mast. What this is designed to do is to dissipate the buildup of static. Uh, these are a really good device. Uh, they're proven. Uh, just go to Jacksonville, look at the bridge, go down the bridge there, you'll see. Those things spark at night or during a lightning storm. If you've ever saw them, static will build up on them and you'll see the little fire sparks go. They'll burn the tips down. Usually this is all stainless steel. So it's a good quality. Lightning Master, you know, sells these for, you know, upwards of $600. Uh, We asked them if we could do a design for the amateur market several, several years ago. And this is what we came up with. They approved it, said, that's the way to go. The guys, we don't need all of the other stuff that they have. We just basically need something that will do the job. And that's what this is designed to do. One of our customers, another proven fact, out in Arizona, he has an antenna farm, as he calls it. He sits on his porch and watches the fireworks every night as these things spark and static builds up, and he swears by them. He's used them for many years. He replaces them every so often. It's about every maybe 10 years. He'll give me a call five to 10 years that he'll be doing something different, replacing something, that kind of thing. But these are a wonderful way to help lessen the likelihood of a a lightning strike. So this is a great product. I sell a lot of them. A lot of guys look at it and say, what is that? Well, it's a porcupine. It's a static dissipator. Porcupine being spread out with the prickly little parts. But it helps with that sphere uh, as the static builds up. It it takes that static, drains it, and, and dissipates it. It's much easier to get rid of before it really builds up to a strike. That's correct. That's correct, and that's what this is designed to do. Deborah, thanks for talking with us. You know, I've been buying products 
particularly wire, from the wire man for years now. And this is the first time I've really stopped and looked at the other things that you had hanging on the pegboard. And y'all got some great stuff. Well, we try. We try to provide you with the quality products and things that will work for your installation. And we appreciate all of our customers and our amateur friends that we've met over the years and and just take a look at some of our products we've got a lot of different things that will work with your system and we'll we'll talk you through it and give you the best customer support we can all right the seven three it's been fun thank you well that's pretty cool the design with the spark plugs that's, that's neat that that was pretty cool when i the first thing that caught my eye when i walked by i happened to see the pl259 installation tool uh-huh. I thought, man, how does that work? And that's when I said, okay, I want to get these these guys on camera to tell me about that. And then I saw the, the spark plug, and I knew about that trick, and also the porcupines. I knew about that trick, but on a different, different scale. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a tower that has 800-foot tower that's got a pair of those on top, except they're, they're a lot bigger. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and I was thinking, man, I'd, these would be cool. Let's, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I didn't they, know they dissipated the static. I, I, now yeah. that she says it, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, there's uh, Ron Knott, and I can't remember the name of his company, but he makes these too. They had noticed where you've got tall towers, and maybe there are two or three in the same area, which is kind of the case here out at Raymond, Mississippi. Mm-hmm that the one furthest to the west is the one that usually gets the most lightning damage well, because, weather comes because your weather's coming from that direction. Mm-hmm. And if you put some of these devices on that tower, it not only helped you to eliminate some of the lightning, it also helped the people that were near you as well. So neat. Very, very interesting uh, technology there course if it's big enough it don't matter if you got one yeah. of those or not but uh quite interesting well we've got a lot more to go here so we're going to be back in just a few minutes but first let's get a message from one of our fine sponsors all right after months of extensive development and testing it's finally here and ready to take remote operation to another level the new RigPi station server from MFJ and Howard Nurse, W6HN, is going to change the way you think about getting on the air. Why be bound by the four walls of your ham shack when you can take it with you wherever you go? The MFJ1234 RigPi lets you operate from anywhere you have an internet connection on your Apple or Android mobile device, iPad, tablet, Kindle, laptop, or desktop computer without additional hardware. Just fire up any web browser and get on the air. RigPi connects to most any transceiver with cat control. Operate single sideband, CW, AM, FM, digital, or any mode your radio supports. Operate your rotor, CW keying, digital modes, logging, spot monitoring, call book lookups, and more. 32 user programmable macros let you control the features you want. Two or more hams from different locations can operate different radios at the same time using a single rig Pi. The MFJ1234 Raspberry Pi's Raspbian operating system comes with many free programs installed. 
like FT8, RIDI, WSJTX, FL Digi, a word processor, email, and spreadsheet. Plus, thousands of Linux-based programs, including many for ham radio, are available. The Rick Pi Station server is available as separate modules, allowing you to customize it a piece at a time, or get the complete unit with Rick Pi Base, OS firmware, audio board, and CW keyer board. The Rick Pi audio board connects to your radio and serves send and receive audio to your mobile device, or use it to operate digital modes like FT8 and FL Digi. It includes IQ inputs for use in pen adapters and has built-in isolation transformers for RF and Humphrey audio. The keyer board generates perfect Morse code using the popular K1EL wind keyer chip. Just connect your favorite paddle. Software modules for RigPi will be available on GitHub as a free open source download so you can add your own features in the future. Get your MFJ1234 RigPi today and take your remote operation to the next level. MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at MFJEnterprises.com. Thanks, MFJ, for supporting Amateur Logic. And you can see we're going to be talking about them here shortly because they're donating prizes to the 14th annual Amateur Logic contest. 14 anniversaries. Wow, man. That's a lot of birthday cake. That is coming up. Hey, in, wait. Uh, we have cake. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's uh, it's virtual cake. Okay. It's virtual. I didn't get cake. the memo. No. Well, we'll we'll email these to you. All right. <laughs> I know I say say it about a lot of things, but it it does seem like it was yesterday. We were out there videoing that first one out there at the bottom of that tower, the Wi-Fi tower for Jimmy. Yep. Yeah, I remember like it was yesterday, man. It's so vivid. Yep, and the wind blowing mm-hmm. in the background there, the trees. That was Hurricane Katrina. Katrina on its yeah. approach. Fourteen years is still going strong. Yep. Wow, it, it is hard to believe, but maybe it, we'll make twenty-eight. We'll try. Never know, man. Never know. As long as everybody keeps watching, yep. we'll still make them. Mm-hmm. Your beard will probably be about down to here by then. Yeah, the emails God. too. Yeah, Remember, we could start ZZ Top Band oh, cover hey, band. There's an just, idea. You know, just, the drummer didn't have a beard, mine. so. <laughs> hey, don't you play drums? I do. Oh, that works out, right. doesn't it? We, we're on our way. I play the spoons. <laughs> spoons. Wow. Yeah, he's part of the percussion <laughs> section. <laughs> Well, Might try a little crooning. Crooning. There you go. <clears throat> so we'll have to pick out a couple of ZZ Top songs and he, that he can sing, you know. I'm pretty sure we could pull off LaGrange or something like that. <laughs> That's a good one. It's got some spoons in it, I think. <laughs> it, it can. <laughs> yeah, I think it starts out with a spoon solo, yes. doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> well... I've got an email here. It came from our friend, Tom Appleneck, and I don't remember his call sign, and I don't have it written down. But anyway, it, you've seen him before here. He traveled a lot with the hat and the shirt mm-hmm. and went all over the country. He's the one that found Tommy's joint. He, re- Tommy's, he represents you know, well. Tommy's place, maybe it was. I don't remember. And George, King, it's uh, WA2IVD. Okay. All right. It's amazing how you can just remember those like that. 
Oh, it is. <laughs> but, so it helps to have QRZ as well. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he said on a business trip to Milwaukee, he picked up an SDR Play Duo at HRO. What an amazing piece of equipment. He's only begun to experiment with it, and it's equally amazing all the free and cheap software that's available for it. He got SDR Uno right away. Uh, then he got a digital voice decoder and an ADS-B decoder working on it. And he plans to download and play with the Spectrum Analyzer next. Then build the Arduino-based tracking generator to go with it. Uh, oh, nice. He says it's something the kind of capabilities that we've got with that device would have been $20,000 15 or 20 years mm-hmm. ago. And thanks to us for uh, giving him a glimpse into our field day episodes for Amateur Logic. So uh, thanks for that, Tom. And, yeah, that is an amazing device, and we all we all have them now. And In one form or another. In what, yeah. I've got the Duo. You've got the... I've got the RSP2. Okay. And, Emil, which one do you have? Duo. Same. Same, yep, duo. Really quite amazing uh, little devices for the price. Yep. Email, I uh, I noticed you're wearing a special shirt tonight. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty specialized there. Um, thanks to uh, Glenn, KG5CEN, we have the uh, uh, a shirt he assures me only costs $3, so it's definitely... Cheap. There you go. And uh, yeah, I had to add uh, Mike's, uh, since I am a certified cable tie technician, thanks to VE3MIC certifications, I had to add that on there. But uh, yeah, Glenn really hooked me up with this shirt. And uh, I don't know the, I don't know if you have the backside picture there, uh, but it also has the uh, cost of the CCO, <laughs> cost compliance officer logo. So I get some strange looks with this shirt, but uh I definitely go and check whatever they're, uh, you know, carrying around or about to buy just to make sure that it's compliant. <laughs> it's like at Walmart, you check the receipts before they leave. That's right. <laughs> they have to pass through the CCO. They have to write on it with a yellow marker. Yeah, uh, that that was really neat, Glenn. Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, shout out to Glenn. He's in the chat room, I believe, tonight. And the price is right. The price is absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, um I've got an email. Well, you want to say a little while? It. Yeah, but I'm not going to read it yet. I'm just kind of letting you know. Oh, that's it's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you reminded me. I've got another video. Well, let's see it. We were talking about uh, Rocket City a few minutes ago. Yeah. I've got one. and you, I think you've met these guys before, maybe, the folks at Rocket City 3D. Uh, yeah. They were there this year and, and had some neat stuff on display. Cool. Here's Chris, KM4KTC, from what, what do you call your organization, Chris? Uh, my company is Rocket City 3D. We're based here in Huntsville, Alabama. We're a uh, 3D printing and rapid prototyping shop. Uh, we serve mostly, you know, commercial stuff, but uh, we, we do a lot of stuff in the amateur radio space. Um, we make all the... DV Mega Pie cases that you see, those little clear acrylic cases, um, we make all of those. So there's hundreds of those out there. 
Uh, we always make these really great nine to one unun kits and and different things. So we serve a lot of the amateur market, and because we enjoy doing it, so we don't uh, we don't mark a ton of stuff up. We we try to get we try to make stuff for people is affordable and can get anybody on the radio so if they if they're working portable if they're going out and uh, you know it's their first radio and they just need to build an antenna to get on the air to work something we uh we can try to help them out we have different solutions for them well let's take a closer look this stuff here we have a uh, a feed point insulator that is sized a couple of different ways that you can put on top of like an mfj 1919 mast or a soda beams mast mm-hmm. Um, to take to the field with you and some wire winders so you can make simple dipoles um, and these are less than 10 bucks here at the show so uh, we sell these on our website um, we have our 9 to 1 let's see grab these here we have our 9 to 1 unun kits um, they're $20 here at the show um, they're generally about 30 um, you can get these through gigaparts and yep so when they it's just your traditional um, Archie design nine to one. We make we 3D print an enclosure form out of ASA, so they're UV stable. You can put them up at your house and leave them up permanently, or you can pair them with a uh, wire winder, um, a small wire winder, and throw in a backpack for portable operations. Um, we just started making these QRP dummy load kits. Uh, we rate these at 20 watts. They'll handle a tad bit more. Um, but if you've got like a 817 or a handy talkie or um, a little kit that you're putting together, these are great. They've got a little uh, they've got a little LED on them that uh, lights up that you can see the power. They're very compact. They're easy to solder, so it's a good project for somebody learning to solder. How, how many watts? It um, it's the resistors on it say 24. Uh, the we rate the board at 20 watts. We have thrown a little bit more to it to make sure it's not going to like burst into flames if somebody accidentally accidentally keys up something else um but uh these are like a really great you know somebody getting in wanting to learn to solder needs a cheap quick product um to a kit that's very very useful this is this is the way to go um but we have these these hopefully will be on the shelf at gigapart soon um this is the first show we've actually brought these out to, and they've been they've been really really popular. They're compact. They come with a 3D printed case. Um, you can put them in your pocket, in your backpack. Uh, just keep them laying around. They're very very handy. And what are these orange things on the end of the table down here? So these um, are are super great because they're sometimes hard to find. <laughs> Um, these are actually guy ring um, for guy rings. They're oh. cut out of acrylic, yeah. and uh, they fit to the soda beams or the MFJ nineteen nineteen mast. And these uh, these two smaller ones actually fit the sixteen uh, foot crappie poles that you get. You can buy them at Cabela's. You, they're plentiful here around the show, and uh, they're super handy to have. Um, they're a couple of bucks, and you can guy off your antenna and not have to worry about it because they they slip right and they sit on top of the sections that's a neat idea i looked at that and i said well that looks like something that goes up under an so239 connector i tell you what i've had about 
30 people say that um, here at the show, and I think I need to make some SO239 insulators next year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you'd want one. but I don't either, but a bunch of people have grabbed them, and I was like, hey, is that what that is? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, never know what project people are working on. Exactly. Well, thanks for showing us all this. That is uh, some neat projects, and uh, particularly that dummy load there. This, this would be great for someone just to throw together in an evening just maybe a first project to get started learning how to solder Absolutely. and plus everybody needs a dummy load so uh that's that's a perfect one there and the the on on two that that could you could do a number of antennas with that absolutely and uh in the instructions we actually include a uh a cut chart for different wires that's the only thing we don't include so you can pick up wire at home depot or anywhere and Maybe you keep a couple of different lengths for different situations, whether you want to deploy it as a sloper or a horizontal um, or, or as a vertical. So if people wanted to buy these things and they weren't at the Hamfest today, where could they find them? So you can see them um, on my website at rocketcity3d.com, or you can. Um, a lot of these are available through gigaparts.com. Thanks for talking with us, Chris. Uh, a lot of fun things there. And... Glad to see you here at the Hamfest. Yeah, it's great seeing you here, George. We're, uh, I'm a big fan of the show, so it's, uh, it's great to be able to do an interview with you. Okay. On to the next one. On to the next one. We'll see, hopefully we'll see you next year. I hope so. All right, 7-3. 7-3. See you on the log. That's cool. That was cool. Neat stuff. I'd that, like to have one of those CNC machines to cut that acrylic stuff out and make stuff like these. Yeah, that would be cool. This is the little 20-watt dummy load kit right here. Um, yeah. He gave me a kit to put together and show and tell. Yeah, there's a little LED. You can't really see it on the camera, but it's right there. I did this, uh, put it together on Ham Nation, episode 417. If you want to see it a little closer and uh, my build of it, you can catch it there. But uh, I'd... Very nice little kit for the price. Yeah. You know, that's a... Yeah, 3D print. Yeah. Perfect little dummy load. You're not going to burn your fingers on it. That LED indicator is pretty handy to let you know that, you, hey, you're getting some power into it. And... Uh, convenient. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I like, uh, I like that. I like the little Casey design for it, too. Pretty cool. Well, speaking of little cases, what have you got for us this month? <laughs> that really didn't tie together no, at all, does I'm it? I'm just trying to figure out where that came from. I don't know. <clears throat> well, as, uh, like I mentioned, I got a little project I did to kind of make setting up your rig pie or anything you want to access your home network from remote with. Okay. So let's take a look and uh, we'll talk about it after. I've got a new toy I want to play with. I'm just about to start getting it set up. This is my Rig Pi uh, MFJ-1234 is the part number. I'm really excited about this. It's going to allow me to remote into my IC7100 when I'm away at work. I can use my cell phone or my iPad or my computer browser. To do that, I'm going to need to know what my IP address is here at my house, or I'm going to need a DNS service. Now, I've got a dynamic IP address, so it changes periodically. 
and so I can't really write it down and count on it being always the same. So that my provider will probably change it at some point. Matter of fact, I know they'll change it because they've done it fairly often. To get around that, if we, we could pay for an IP service, a dynamic IP service that gives us a host name. I did a segment on that a while back for no ip.org i believe it was and it was free but uh, most of the free ones are gone now you can pay a subscription for one i really don't want to do that so i'm going to write a little program using python that's going to go out get my external ip address compose an email and send it to me once a day so i can know what it is you can have it send more often if you want to but i just choose to do it once a day so let's take a look at it I'm VNCing into my Raspberry Pi just so I can record the screen so you can see it. You can do it straight on the Pi if you want or however you can get into your own Raspberry Pi. There's a lot of information out about setting up your Raspberry Pi and how to remote into it, so I'm not going to go into that part. So let's go in here, click the Raspberry, get started, go to Programming. And I'm going to use this Thony Python IDE as an editor. So let's load it up. And I went ahead, like I said, I wrote the program and tested it just to make sure that it worked. And I'll show you what I've got. I'm going to use this ALTV IP mailer. Uh, I've got the location of Python up here first in case I want to make this executable. Uh, but I usually run it by doing Python in the space, and we'll show that shortly. The program works pretty simple. I've got the path of my Python interpreter up here. That's not necessary. Uh, if you want to run, make it executable and just run it without typing Python space in the name of your program, you can do that. But I normally type Python anyway, so I don't know why I put it up there. I just do. Uh, we import the SMTP library. We're going to use the get function out of the request routines. I'm going to use uh, IPI, uh, it's almost a tongue twister, IPFI.org. Let's take a look at that. IPFI.org, we've got a free uh, API that gives you your public IP address. So it sees, when you make a request to it, you it sees the IP address that you're coming from and just basically sends it back to you. It's really simple. There's some code samples here. I'm going to scroll down to Python, and this is actually what I used. So let's take a look at it in the IDE. Let me comment out the rest of my program, and we'll demo it. Oops. Comment, and I'll uncomment that. Now let's run it. Run the current. And it's running, as you can see down here at the bottom. And it gave me back my public IP address, so that proves that it's working. So let's comment out this print routine again. We don't need that now. Go ahead and clear that so I don't have to keep blurring it out. Now let's comment out the print routine. And let's uncomment the rest of my program. Now I've got mine set up for Gmail. If you've got a different mail provider, you may need to change your SMTP server here. This uses SMTP for sure, port 60, 465 for Gmail. We're going to log into the server using 
my whatever your credentials are mine is your email address at gmail.com and i put my gmail password then we're going to do send mail command and this is going to create a simple email for us we're going to send from this address we're going to send it to this address and the subject i'll put my external address a new line and then my ip which came back from this call up here and then we're going to quit and that basically closes the connection to the server so after you do that you click run and you'll see that you'll get an email let's let's go ahead and do it i will open my other one that's got my credentials in it i didn't want to show you my password and everything but i will go ahead and demo it It's running. And it just finished. And you can see down here in the bottom right, I've got an email with my external IP address. And if I go look at it, I can see that my IP address is there. So let's go ahead and close this stuff. And we want to set up a timed job to run this. Now I have mine set to run every morning at 6 a.m. You can have it do multiple times if you want. But to... To do that, let's go ahead and bring up our terminal. Let's do cron tab dash e, and this is going to bring up a text file that has our commands in it. This it looks a little daunting, but it's not. It explains easily right here. These parameters are limited by spaces. You can see up here the first one's the minute space, the next one's the hour, the date of the month, the month. For the day of the week and the command to run. So I've got mine set up for zero minutes into the sixth hour. And then I've got asterisk here because I don't want to do it only on Monday or only on January the 1st or anything like that. I just want it plain and simple. And this is my command. Python space and then put the fully qualified path to your program. I've, I created a folder for mine called Py email for python emailer and then this is my program that i created that we just looked at every morning again at 6 a.m it works so it's it just turned 9 a.m here so i'm going to for the fun i'm going to change this to 9 901 control x Yes, I want to save it. At 9.01, I should have an email come in. So you can see up here in the top right, it's 9 o'clock. It's getting close. Let's give it a minute, literally. Okay, just turned 9.01. I heard my watch chime, and there's my email that just came in with my IP address. One thing to know about this is Google... The Gmail system that I'm using, they have pretty tight security, and that's a good thing this day and time. I'm using a secondary account that I don't really do much with except send emails. You're going to have to go into myaccount.google.com forward slash security to make this work. Go down to where it says less secure access, and then you're going to have to turn on the less secure access 
for it to allow your Python program to send emails through that account. So you may want to consider creating a secondary account for use of this if you want to use Gmail, but then you can use other email providers as well. Um, so anyway, you're going to have to check with your own to see how it works for you. Hopefully this should save you some money and allow you to get into your cool rig pie. So I hope to show this next month. I, I just got it and went out of town. I haven't had a chance to put it together. So this is the first step in that. So we should be into this soon. Hope you found that useful. 73. I found it useful. Yeah, it should be handy for a lot of people. And it's not just for the rig pie. That just happens to be the the, mm -hmm. the immediate need. But anything you want to remote back into your home and you have don't have a static IP address, it's good for that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, those DNS services are a little harder to come across for free mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah, I used to use DynDNS.org. It, it was awesome, man. Yeah. Didn't it? it went to a pay service. And if I used it a lot, I wouldn't mind paying for one but I don't, I don't do it but just every now and then so you know i, I do things like this yeah. sometimes the the netgear routers now the home routers come with uh, a free well mynetgear.com mm -hmm. is what they call it it's it's done by no ip mm -hmm. yeah so. the asus ones do that as well okay so that that's still free at the moment I don't look for it to be that way forever, but yeah. it is right now. Well, you got a Free. cheap fallback. <laughs> Free. <laughs> okay. They get the seal of approval? Yes, it does. <laughs> well, we're going to be back in just a moment because we are going to have some real cheapness. Awesome. We like that. From, from El Chipo himself. <laughs> yeah, but first... Let's get a message from our good friends at ICOM. Heard it, worked it, logged it. It's time to get the transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Make the most out of contest season with one of these ICOMs today. IC7610, the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of a SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling, 110 RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digicell. Or get the IC7300. Changing the way entry-level HF is designed, this high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Keep your competitive edge with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. ICOM's IC7851 is the pinnacle of HF perfection. Dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high-resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and SD memory card slot. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. Thanks, ICOM, for sponsoring Amateur Logic and 
We've got a great Icon prize we're going to be giving away along with some great swag prizes from, well, they're not swag prizes, they're actual prizes from yeah. MFJ and uh, Heil Sound and Gordon West Radio Schools. But we'll be back to talk about those a little bit later in the show right now because I know everybody loves a good cheap hack. <laughs> and we've got one. <laughs> Yeah, you might be a, a video sick. of one. Oh, I was going to say, you're talking about me on my segment. Okay, okay, my segment, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where I was going. So, yeah, uh, you know, back in the 80s, I uh, accrued quite a bit of CDs in my collection. Probably still owe some money to Columbia House on them. But uh, the, I, I came up with an idea. I said, hey, I want these things readily available on my entertainment center and said, you know, there's a Pi OS for that, and I've never really put it through its paces to get it to work until now. Hello, George Tommy and Amateur Logic TV. In this edition of Cheap Old Man Minutes, I'm going to show you how I use my Raspberry Pi to create a Pi CD archive with a network remote control. What you're going to need is a Pi 3B Plus, at least that's what I have or I used. comes uh, with the Noobs and the OSMC and uh, Kodi load. You're going to need some old CDs. Uh, I ripped those uh, CDs as into files. You're going to need a home network, TCP IP networks, either wireless or wired. A mobile phone for the remote control that's on that same network and a stereo receiver with some HDMI inputs. The model I bought was a kit from Canakit. They called it the complete starter kit, 16 gig premium clear case. Got it from Amazon at that link below. You're also going to need a USB stick that can hold all of your ripped CDs in your collection. Uh, whatever that amount of space is, you can determine when you uh, rip those files. In my case, the Canakit actually contained a micro SD to USB reader, which is convenient. It had the HDMI cable, a power supply with the on and off switch, and the heat sinks. And of course, that, that clear case you see there. You just need a big enough media USB stick to hold your music. It does play videos. I did not do that in this episode, but it, it does do that and it also streams from online. It's got lots of options, in fact, for that. So one of the things I did first was to rip all of my old CDs using actually uh, Windows 10's media player. Believe it or not, there's some options there where you can rip them into files. Uh, I know some have compression, some have no compression, different rates, high quality, archival quality as they might call it. And so you just have to pick what you're uh, comfortable with and how much space you think you might have to be able to mount that USB stick on the Pi. OSMC, 
as an operating system media center is a part of the uh, Noobs installer with the Raspberry Pis. When installing a brand new Pi out of the box with that Noobs card that comes with it, it's going to download the whole image and install it for you. There's <laughs> nothing really you have to do there other than to follow along and uh, watch it reboot and then do some basic setup after that. It's really easy to do with the Noobs network based installer. Uh, there are two different GUI interfaces. There's OSMC and then there's the uh, Kodi Classic interface and that's the one I personally like. I find it to be a little more organized. Um, our keyboard to me is a must. Uh, I have these keyboards and wireless keyboards that I usually use for connecting up to the Pi with the mouse and I, I didn't know I do not like the mouse and Cody so I use keyboard or I use my phone as a remote control um, so I would say avoid the mouse or uses use of the mouse and stick with the keyboard just during the initial setups and things it's a lot easier for me so set up your Pi with the OSMC load using that noobs. There's several links at the bottom of the page that'll show you how to do that. Once you get that system installed in the OSMC, uh, you're going to want to connect it up to your network, whether it's via wireless or wired. Lots of help at the link you see there from the OSMC wiki. Uh, there's also Kodi wikis that you saw in a previous slide, but uh, if you're probably going to be familiar with your network and how it's set up, so go ahead and set up your IP address or how you're going to give it an address and then connect it up to your network, your home network. So as far as audio output goes from the Pi, I actually connected and set up my Pi for HDMI. <laughs> that rhymes. I also selected the optimized and two-channel settings since it's CDs I'm dealing with as far as the output of the uh, sound goes and the audio because I'm pretty much only going to use it for the CD uh, the playback of my library of old so once it's connected to the network and it's connected to something that can play back the audio then you will actually add your ripped files to the system simply put by putting that USB stick you put them on from wherever system you ripped them from into the Pi and then let it index those music files and you do have to go in and add it to your music library you can see there's a link there that shows and walks you through how to create your music libraries but it'll index and categorize your entire library for you in genres, auth uh, albums, musicians, <laughs> all, kind of all kinds of categories. It's really neat. One of my favorite aspects of this setup is the Core app for your mobile phone. The, once you have it on there, you basically point that remote or that over your network to your Pi's IP address that you established setting it up on your network 
and it acts just like a control or a remote control to actually you know change songs look up stuff play songs whatever and you know you can actually move the cursor around the screen and actually see so you you get the you download the core app on your phone and basically connect it via IP to your RPI's IP and then you wind up with a remote control where you're controlling it all from your phone over your TCP IP network it's a really neat thing and it works really well so once you have all of that done you can just sit back grab your favorite drink and thumb through some of those oldies but goodies on your phones and enjoy all that 80s Columbia House collection of CDs that you probably still owe money for so and now you can see we I usually crank it up to 11 there there's lots of other features in Cody I won't cover them here you can stream online radio stations uh, video providers are out there your own movies I know I took a few of the mp4s from amateur logic TV and put them on a stick plays them without fail no skipping no nothing and you can move back and forth pretty much freely works just fine there's some weather app you know you give it your location and voila it starts getting some of the uh, forecast information and there's also a web interface for it that you can control it from another computer much less the phone via that app but there are you know there's a web interface to it and you just literally browse to it on your uh, internal network most of all have fun with it right I noticed it also did some of the same things with my uh, home pictures I put a whole bunch of my pictures on there of my uh, family and my uh, am extended amateur logic family too I found some old pictures from uh, prior uh, Friday the 13th episodes and it'll it'll create slideshows uh, while playing the music as well so pretty neat thing and uh, have fun with it 7-3 <laughs> Two cheap old thumbs up. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I love those pies, myself. man. Yeah, they're yeah. great. I know. Um, I just wanted to mention something about the uh, audio ripping too. Um, you know, there's all sorts of different formats. There's, but if you want the audio to come out sounding pretty decent, then you want to stick with known formats like FLAC. FLAC or um, even the Wave is uh, lossless. I, I know there's some lossless versions of their other protocols, but anyway, that's the way I ripped those CDs, and I believe I did it using the, the Media Center that comes with Windows 10. So didn't oh. take much, and that Pi 3B Plus just works. Uh, I even put video on it. Uh, the the show I have some of the show's video episodes, and it just works. Well, let me ask you this. The this is a different OS. This is not the regular Raspbian OS. So, do you does it seem to do better at at video playback than than say Raspbian? Well, I really like the CLI based or the command line interface based player OMX player on Raspbian. I don't think it's better than it, but I didn't have any troubles with uh, playback or you know moving around within the video on this. Yeah, and you're right, it is a different OS. It's OSMC, OS Media Center, and Kodi is the app 
that it runs, um, which of course you see it, it it installs it as a part of that noobs install over to the network. So uh, it works either way. But I like the OMX player. In fact, when I go to Hamfest and I, sh- I show our shows, that's what I'm using, mm-hmm. the, the Raspbian OMX player. Yeah, that's what I use. I've got a little script I wrote that'll loop through and keep playing the ones in a folder. Yep. Just loop well, right through. I think there was a, a time, really, that that was the best quality video player on Raspbian. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it use a GPU? Do you know? Um, it must, because I tell you what, you can fly through, you know, the keyboard control, you can just go back and forth and jump, and there's no loss, no issues whatsoever. Wow. Cool. Well, great segment there, Emil. Thanks for that. Yeah, it's nice. It looked good, too. I'm going to have some 3B pluses coming up spare here before long, (laughs) and I got these four, so that might make a good project. Yeah, and then one, the one last thing I'll say is that core. That core remote is what sold me on it this time. I've, I've looked at Kodi before. I've looked at the OSMC loads. But when I found the core remote for the Android and phones, that also is seamless over your IP network at home. It just It's very responsive, and you can sit back and just thumb through all your whole collection. Cool. Yeah, that was very nice. Good job. It was. Well, we've got more to go here. I've got... Uh, just a little bit more stuff from Huntsville. You know, Zygu is the uh, the brand of radio that uh, is QRP radios that MFJ has been selling now mm-hmm. for a few years. There's a, a new model that's out that is quite a bit different than the previous ones. And I managed to, to get a little chat with Josh there, who works at MFJ, that just happens to have one of these. Okay. We've tagged Josh here. To tell us about a new Zygu transceiver that's available now with MFJ Enterprises. Hi, Josh. Good to see you. Hi, good to see you too. Thank you uh, for being here. And how long have you been with MFJ now? Uh, going on a year. It'll be year September 12th. How you like it? That's a dream job. I moved from Georgia to go to MFJ. That was my goal. So. Well, that's great. We're glad to have you in the state. And uh, you own one of these radios, don't you? Uh, yes, sir. I do. Um, we took it out for a day in the park we had back in July. I think it was July 13th. We had a day in the park there in Starkville. And uh, I brought this out specifically to do QRP. And uh, had a blast, made 10 or 11 contacts that day, including DX. And I was hooked. So I talked to Richard next week and ended up getting the radio that we used at the demo. So I've been enjoying it. Well, then you'd be just the guy to tell us a little bit about it. Well, I'll do the best I can. <laughs> I've uh, I use it more than my TS50 at home right now, but uh, still learning it. So this is a rig right here, and I gotta say they've come a long way with the interface on this thing since the uh, X5105 that I played with. Yeah, I uh, I think they uh, from what I've read online as part of the uh, G90 group is they based a lot of the software for the interface and the uh, display off of Icom. Uh, the ICOM design. So if you use a, try to use it on digital, which is kind of experimental, nobody really has any real information on it. Um, we found the best results setting it up as like a IC7100 or 756 Pro 3, and uh, seems to help out with the interfacing. But being SDR, um, it's constantly being updated. So. Oh, so this is an SDR. Oh yeah, it's full SDR. 
their uh, 1.6 version for the software is out now, and it's steady, and uh, there's a beta test for 1.7 right now. And what is the output power on this? Uh, it's uh, selectable from 1 to 20 watts. Goes up to 20, okay. And I assume 12 volts, uh, the external battery or internal battery? Uh, it's external, and it is 12 volts. It pulls about 9 amps at peak boy speeds. Okay. And very familiar-looking microphone here. As a matter of fact, if you... <laughs> If you knew another manufacturer that used a mic similar to this, this looks like the same keys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, been a lot of write-up about that. It's uh, pretty much the same design as some of the uh, the bigger manufacturer. So tell us a little bit about it here. Well, uh, it's uh, 160 through 10 meters. Uh, it'll do lower, upper, sideband, CW, AM. Uh, it'll do FM with uh, external uh, pan adapter, which uh, is in beta testing right now. Uh, again, it's selectable from uh, 1 watt to 20 watts. Uh, it's 80 through 10 meters. It's got a uh, pretty cool uh, squelch system in it, uh, preamp attenuator, uh, built-in automatic antenna tuner. Now, this antenna tuner, I've put it on random pieces of wire, and I haven't been able to get it to not tune anything yet. Um, it's got a built-in CW decoder, uh, a beta test of... So there's the uh, CW decoder if it was copying. Um, that works pretty cool. And we have an SWR suite. There it is. That's an experimental band scope. Tell you your SWR suite. It'll actually show you a curve. Um, that's still under development. I think they're trying to calibrate it, but I think it's a pretty cool feature with it. Um, I've been able to do FT8, PSK31, and slow scan with it so far. Got it to work with that. And you just plug a, a digital interface into it and go with it? Uh, yeah, it comes with a, a USB to 3.5 millimeter um, jack to plug into the side IQ port here for the head, and that brings out the uh, rig control and the display. And then uh, there's an 8-pin mini DIN in the back, CE19 interface. Uh, you can go to the uh, XP, XPA125 amplifier, your computer. Uh, soon they're, they're pan adapter when they get it out. Um, so you can use this or wire up your own 8-pin DIN in the back and interface it that way to your sound card and your computer. And so is this passband tuning, is that what I'm seeing there you can change your filter width? Yes. Uh, you hit the function button, which I left on, and uh, you got your uh, low end. You can adjust it. Or you got your high end. You can fully adjust, which I thought was always a pretty cool, cool feature with it. It's, is this a real-time spectrum scope? I mean, do you see signals pop up there as they come on the air? Yes. Yeah, it is real-time. Now, right beside the rig, there's another box here, XPA-125. What is this? Uh, that is the amplifier that Zygu just come out with. Um, it's a 125-watt amplifier. It's for the X5105 or the G90 series, uh, bringing you from uh, low-power QRP up to 125 watts. Have you tried that yourself? Uh, that one I have not. Uh, Mr. Ju kind of got mad at me for uh, taking the G90 and not playing with uh, the amplifier with it. But, uh, so that kind of defeats the purpose of QRP. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I could see the point. Uh, <laughs> but that would turn it into a 125-watt rig by just adding that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with today's band conditions, 125 watts probably work a little bit better than 20. So. 
I might have to try that out. <laughs> so is, is this battery operated or 110? Uh, it's uh, battery operated, uh, external power supply. You can either plug it into a you know car, run it mobile, or you know 12 volt power supply like right. It's got a built-in antenna tuner in it as well. To complement that one, so. Uh, right, yeah, because if you tuning this is not going to do anything. If you've got an amplifier, you need to tune the amplifier. Right, right, yeah. So you just put the G90 in bypass mode and uh, use the tuner on that, and uh, away you go. Just hook a piece of wire to it, and you're off. Oh, yeah. I have uh, experimented with mine. I put uh, about a 50-foot piece of wire out my window one time and hit the tuner in the G90 and tuned it right up. So pretty, pretty good range and pretty quick. Well, I appreciate you talking with us, Josh. Interesting-looking rig here. I, I want to play with one of these myself. Oh, and one other thing you did mention about the, the head here on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the head comes off of it. Uh, you take four screws off of it and uh, the head comes out it's got a RS-232 plug on it really convenient, uh, it comes with the extension cable um, so that way you can put the radio under your seat if you want to run it mobile and make a bracket and put this in your car um, the rack handles are optional, you can just take them off and run it as a smooth radio or uh, turn those into the feet, turn them sideways and turn it up to rest it up, so pretty versatile little rig, I enjoy mine. We appreciate you telling us about it and look forward to seeing you at some more Hamfest in the future Alrighty, well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here, and thank you for what you do. 7-3. 73. Interesting little rig. It is. As a matter of fact, I was trying to reach it a while ago. I brought that exact rig back from Huntsville. Oh, yeah. To, uh, well, I don't get to keep it, but I get to play with it a little while. I'm going to let you take it to the hotel and yeah, that'd be fun. Um, try a little stuff with it, see how it works out. Cool. I'd probably be freaking out the housekeeping people with the wires hanging around the ceiling <laughs> in there. Yeah. So you, you hang that sign on the door. Yeah, yeah. Might have to. Already <laughs> disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one more video tonight. Well, I've run into Michael Werner here again. It's uh, KF4BOG. Michael, you, what's your involvement with the Hamfest here? I'm actually a volunteer for the Hamfest, but I'm also the special needs liaison for the Alabama section here in uh, our team. Um, I help special needs uh, get involved in uh, amateur radio through adaptive uh, technologies. Um, I've been a ham operator now for uh, several years now. I got my license in uh, 1995. Uh, my dad was my Elmer, and he helped me get involved in the hobby. So I uh, assume you do screen readers and all types of different things, huh? No, mostly it's uh, just the uh, explaining what ways you can use uh, amateur radio as far as the, you know, like you said, the screen readers and uh, adaptive radios. Like, for example, the radio that I have right now, the D-Star radio that I have, has a speech in it where it could actually tell you what frequency you're on okay well thanks for talking with us michael we're looking forward to a big ham fest yes i'm looking forward to it to it also yeah i've seen him around there before yeah yeah he does that every year uh-huh so cool cool well hospital was a great ham fest this year and we're going to hold you to it i've marked it down that you say you're going next year count on it i'll be there okay so what's on 
on your email stack. I, well, I know you've got a special one you've been holding. I've got one. I've been dying to read it. <laughs> it's short, but it's a good one. Okay. This is from our friend uh, Tom. I think he's in the chat room, uh, KC3BFY, Tom. He says, it followed me home. Can I keep it? He got one of the newer Amateur Logic shirts, and uh, I'm sure it looks good on him. That's I, I believe, or I picked this one because I'm pretty sure he's the first one that bought one of those of the new design. Cool. Oh, cool. And uh, so anyway, I appreciate that, Tom. Um, so, you know, I did a lot of work on that and had a lot of products to the you, you to have. the uh, store, yeah. so you guys go check it out. There's a bunch of new stuff out there. And that's the prototype that you're wearing it is. tonight. Uh, this was submitted by a viewer. The, the artwork was, and I wish I had the name in front of me. but I That was a number of years back. Yeah, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. It just took me a little while to get around mm-hmm. to it. This one here was submitted by a non-viewer. <laughs> yeah. So my wife gave it to me Yeah. back when we first started the show. And so there are none like this out there except the ones in my closet. But we're, we'll be adding this. Yeah. I think. Yeah, we should be able to do that. I've been yeah. kind of on a roll. Um, I'll have to see about doing that. Yeah. Cool. I'm pretty sure I got some of those components stuck up here somewhere, like you got <laughs> on your shirt there, Tommy. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I think all of us have some of them. Well, speaking of the swag, you know, the the hat is always out roaming around. You never know where it's going to pop up. And as a matter of fact, it has popped up again. I've got an email here from Bernie, W7DMC. He said, George, the hat made prime time. Greenwich, England. Oh, cool. Wow. Right there on the prime meridian. Yeah, that's wow. halfway, halfway into yesterday. It is. And halfway into tomorrow. What if you straddle that thing, man? Is it painful? You just put your watch across there like that. Oh, you know, those hats really do get around quite a bit. As a matter of fact, uh, we've got one that's it looks like uh, it's gone through a little wear and tear. Maybe maybe testing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but this might be. The official Friday the Thirteenth Amateur Logic TV swag. You know, uh, my uh, illustrious <laughs> pup in the back there. You can see him back here. Yeah, <laughs> laying on the futon, decided to uh, have another go at my other hat. So now I guess I have to go get the new logo and the new swag. But at least we got the Friday the Thirteenth edition out there. Wow. Well, you may want to wait till after the end of the show because we're going to be introducing something new here shortly. Oh, so, cool. A line of dog toys? Uh, <laughs> you may not please, want to chew on this hat. Please. Oh. <laughs> that, wait, that's not what this is? <laughs> oh, that one is. <laughs> this is the second one. <laughs> wow. He really likes them. He does. There's something about it. And the hat gets around. Here's one that looks like it's it's in practically brand new condition here. This came from our friend Tomei in Finland. He says, Hi George and all. First thanks for Rocking Ray giving us a taste of the IC seven oh five, which we showed that recently. Uh, we did a live stream from there. On the last time college. Yeah. That's when it was. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. Yeah. The hat has mission in our repeater location 
so I'll get with. While the hat have QSO watch shift, I have lunch break. Well, the hat's doing a good job on its watch. I will say so. Ah, uh, there's the hat again. Cool. So the, the hat is an international traveler. You never know where it might show up. As a matter of fact, it even showed up in Alabama. There's Pete cool. in 5NBC at the Huntsville Ham Fest. There's some hat pictures on Twitter, too, from John, and I need to get those for the next one. Yep. And there was more swag circulating around the Ham Fest there, too. This right here is Kevin, K4IVE. I know that guy. He's yeah. got He's got the shirt. Yeah, looking good. like to see you guys representing. Appreciate that. We do. We do. And one more item here. Uh, this is Jocelyn. Is Jocelyn in the chat? Yes, he is. KD8VRX, our friend up in, well, near Cincinnati. He's got the MFJ swag, which I think we're talking about that because I've got the MFJ swag, too. Yeah. I've uh, I've got one of those at home. I usually use my have my coffee on Saturday morning in that. And now we've got some amateur logic ones as well in Ham College. Yeah. As a matter of fact, <laughs> well, I don't see where they are, but somewhere around here there's a box with three broken ones in it that just that just arrived that didn't get packaged very well. So we'll be getting some more of those back but uh yeah jocelyn that it makes a fine beverage container right there and i enjoy it frequently while we're videoing if you wanted to get some of this swag all of the swag we've talked about except for that mug you can get that mug right from mfj and yeah. if you catch them at a ham fest they probably have some there but where where would you get such fine product. Well, you can get some similar to these and similar to the hats and shirts that we just saw and more at uh, amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com And they're not pre-chewed. They're not uh -huh. pre-chewed, but if you want them <laughs> chewed, we can send them over to Emil's dog and then we can turn around and just reship them from there. there would be a small shipping charge and a little charge for taking the puppy to the vet. Um... <clears throat> Anyway, so there's, uh, we've got, this doesn't really show everything, but there's a lot of, uh, there were some requests for uh, Ham College VE oh. shirts, so there's some of those on there now. There are a lot of, several coffee mugs, Ham College, Amateur Logic, and then one with the, both of them on the same mug, and uh, there's a lot of stuff, some backpacks. Mm -hmm. so, Where was that? AmateurLogic.spreadshirt.com. Okay. All right. Check out your swag there. We are we're just trying to spread the word about amateur logic and yeah. appreciate everyone that's out there doing so. Absolutely. Even the pooches. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be the C H A A S edition chewed hat as a service. I mean he wore yeah. that out. <laughs> <laughs> he did a job. And this next one here. Oh, boy. Now, this is not in the swag store just yet. It should be coming soon. Yeah. It's the <laughs> Tommy Martin Happer Labor Day cards. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's for hard labor right there, man. <laughs> Somebody's been working on the railroad. Yeah. yeah. All uh, the live long day. This came through the Groups.io group from David Harden, KJ4CMY. Getting a look at Tommy's day gig there. Well, you know, somebody's got to bust those rocks up. <laughs> They're just too big. Where do you think that little pea gravel stuff for people's driveway comes from? Somebody's got to do that. I guess so. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's another new product. This is not in the store yet. No, this is not. This is just hot off the press. This is kind of a prototype, but uh, you can get them, so be sure to get your pen and paper ready. New from the Skunk Work Labs of the AmateurLogic.tv Apparel Department. Ready the best new product of the year. We bring you the latest in state-of-the-art cranial forced air cooling. Keep a cool head while looking cool with this AmateurLogic cranial cooler ball cap. The power cooling fan unit is solar powered, so there are no batteries, so no charging required. Our patent-pending power unit supplies power only under the blaring hot sun, ensuring that no photons are wasted. Some vendors may try to convince you that their product is the best, but don't be fooled by cheap, low-quality imitations. Get the only cranial cooler ball cap endorsed by Professor Thomas. Order your cranial cooler ball cap today. Operators are standing by. What do you think, Emil? How would the dog oh. like that? <laughs> you only right. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's behind that. I have no idea who it could possibly be. Who? <laughs> uh, Mr. VE3MIC. He's the, that's his brainchild. I just put it together. Brainchild, literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought it was pretty, a pretty good idea. Yeah. Isn't it? And that is a real thing. There is actually one in Canada right now. Yeah. And uh, I, I looked at the video he sent, and actually it's pretty nice. It looks like he put the, where he cut the hole yeah. out for the fan, he put the little rim, the cloth around it and I everything. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah, that was Ray, too. Craniums. <clears throat> they asked if that was Ray, too. But yeah, that was, that was also Ray doing the voiceover on that. <laughs> It sounded like him. It, it did. I was looking for him to bust out into song just any moment. You know, this could be very nice at field day. What do you think, Emil? Absolutely. There's nothing like, you know, keeping those craniums cool with uh, solar power. As long as it's not using the same fuel rods your generator's using, we should be good. As long as you're in the blaring sun. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wow. Well, well, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed uh, you and Mike doing that. Boy, and Mike, uh, we hope that you'll be coming to Dayton next year and you'll be sporting that device right there. I'm sure there will be a lot of questions that folks will be asking about it. Yep, absolutely. Well, maybe just some looks. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you there'll be a lot of conversation about that if you wear that around there. I bet it would. Yep, that's that's as good as the people with the antenna hair and hats. Oh, oh yeah, that's great. It's a good yeah. idea. And it's solar powered. So no charging required. Yep. Cheap, Email? cheap yep. energy. You can cheap fly energy. with it, too, because there's no lithium batteries. True. <laughs> True. And I guess if you hung your head out the window, you could recharge the sun with it. <laughs> <laughs> Go the opposite way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. 
Yeah, I had, had never, too. I'm not sure where it came I hope from. you don't think of it again. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was good. Yeah. Okay. I see, I see a picture coming shortly of George's head out the window of a 737. <laughs> <laughs> and a beam going... Going That's toward right. the sun, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we talk about the contest here. You've been seeing this through the whole show now. We've got it sitting right here. We've done this for several years now, thanks to our our great sponsors that you know help promote amateur logic and and give us fuel to keep us going. Yeah, and prizes. Good, great prizes. We have some great things this year. Let's start off by talking about the radio. We've we've given these away at least two years. At least. It's the IC7300, uh, a great entry-level SDR rig with, with way more than entry-level features on it. It's an SDR. It's a, a great HF rig. They They're really... Well, this is probably the most popular one in this category right now. I tell you, there's there's nothing else quite like it. Yeah, that, no, it's very unique. It's like oh no, oh <laughs> sorry, I don't want I don't want that one. Oh. <laughs> Tommy, how could you? Well, <laughs> oh, they they look really rugged. Yeah, <laughs> they are, it is, and it's and it's really light. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how light it is. I think this one this one sounds a little boxy. A little boxy. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but the other one, I guarantee you the one that you get won't. What what's going on is uh that ICOM is actually out of them right now. They're selling so many of them. They don't have any at the ICOM America uh offices right now. They're going to send us one just as soon as they do. So I, I expect one any day. But we couldn't get one this week in time for the show. And I just happened to have a box here that was exact right size. So we thought, hey, why not? And apparently it worked because nobody so, in the chat room mentioned it. So tell, it. The tr- tell the truth out there. If you thought that wasn't real, speak up. But I'm pretty sure nobody's going to say anything. You got me fooled. The only thing I saw that might have said something was the power supply. Yeah, it draws no current whatsoever. <laughs> it's extremely efficient. Yep. <laughs> extremely efficient. And you can, one AA battery will last you like a long time on this thing, man. <laughs> yeah, it might rattle around a little bit if you put it in there. <laughs> but, uh, boy, you know, it, it's a great rig. Sorry we don't have one to, to show you live here tonight, but... That's almost as good. Nobody caught on. Yeah, the other one's on its way. Uh, the IC seventy three hundred. Let's let's just talk about that real quick. That is the grand prize here for the fourteenth anniversary. It's an innovative HF transceiver. It's got RF direct sampling. On receive, it covers anywhere between point oh three and seventy four point eight megahertz. So wide receiver there for HF. 100 watts output power, 25 on AM. It has an RMDR and phase noise characteristics that are practically unheard of in a radio in this category. 15 discrete bandpass filters. There's a large color touchscreen display. Real-time spectrum scope, very nice looking spectrum scope. Built-in antenna tuner. 
It's got 101 channels, uh, SD memory card slot for storing data, of course a uh, cooling fan system in it, multifunction meter, uh, CW functions like full break-in, CW reverse, CW auto tuning, and of course it, uh, it works on single sideband CW ready AM and FM modes. If you're not familiar with the IC7300, where have you been? Yeah, we've got a nice video showing all the features of it on the Amateur Logic channel as well. Yep. So uh, go check that out to learn more. Uh, boy, a great transceiver and really appreciate ICOM and, and Ray and Will oh, yeah, pulling absolutely. that together yeah, for us. Yeah, they always come through. Thanks to me for the cardboard box. Yeah, and this is... Good job, this radio, George. if you're not familiar with hooking them up, this is probably the easiest one you'll ever hook up in your life. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at, at field day, it would be great because if, well, if you're eating your sandwich and you get some on your mouth, you can just tear off this napkin <laughs> that, that I've got glued on the top here. Speaking of field day, you can open this up and put your other field day stuff in it to take the rest of it out there. You can carry your power supply and your clock and your <clears throat> mic, your books and everything. Yeah. So what else do we got uh, besides just the transceiver there? What else are we giving away? Well, we're giving away the MFJ1836H cobweb antenna. Oh, the cobweb antenna. That is... That's one of our favorites. It, to it use is. Portable. That's what I use that most of the time at field day these days, and I, I absolutely love that thing. It is a good antenna. Six bands. There's also a model that covers up to 40 meters. This one goes from 20 meters through 6 meters. It's a full half wave cobweb antenna, perfect for restricted space and portable operations. Sky gray fiberglass spreaders and nearly invisible wire elements. It's flat, nine by nine by one half foot square, only eight pounds. Blends in well with the surroundings while standing tough against nasty weather. Outstanding performance, horizontally polarized for less local noise pickup. Plus solid gain over verticals, and it'll allow you to work DX easily, even QRP. It's omnidirectional, no radials are needed, and it works great at low heights as well. The SWR is low due to MFJ's exclusive SpiderMatch broadband network. It uses lightweight TV hardware to mount uh, on your chimney or your balcony or mask. And low in cost and big in performance, the MFJ Cobweb turns your space problems into a stack of QSL cards from faraway places. Uh, we bring it out every year at field day and erect it, and it does a great job. It really does. It's, it is amazing for the size of it, how well that thing works. Yep. Pretty much every, almost every contact I made this year was on that. Oh, it was, yeah. I made a few on it as well. Mm -hmm. And we've also got a, a nice power supply from MFJ. We've given this one away before. It's the uh, MFJ 4230 DMP 12-volt 30-amp power supply. Yep. That's it right there. This one has the uh, digital voltage and current display on it. Uh, 30 amps. It's got the traditional banana plug or screw-down terminals 
on the front there. On the rear, it's got a couple of Anderson power pole connections. It's lightweight, compact, and 30 amps, so it's going to power most any HF rig that you've got out there. This one is actually mine. So you won't get this one, but you'll get one from MFJ. Yeah, and this is mine, so you won't get that either. No, it's my box. <laughs> you can have the napkin, though. Okay. Uh, and let's see, you're going to need something else to go with that. What, well, well, what else would be pretty, a nice accessory? A microphone. Hey, how about a Heil ICM hmm. microphone? Like uh, this brand new model here, black and gold. Yeah, that's a good looking mic. That is a good-looking mic, and it comes with a push-to-talk button on it. It's got a Howells ICM element designed exclusively to work with ICOM radios. Gives it a little more gain out. It's a very good-sounding mic, and it already comes with the connectors that you need to fit ICOM rig. Perfect. And there's also a connector on it where you could, uh, I believe this is a foot switch connector right there. So you could hook in a foot switch oh, nice. or external push to talk button if you wanted to or use the one right there and of course the mounting clip so a nice microphone a nice looking microphone yeah very for nice. just for icom rigs and it I, while i could not get it to screw onto the front of this one right here i know for a fact that it will fit the metal models the one that's on its way the one that's on its way so uh, thanks, uh, Bob, and everyone at Heil Sound for making that possible. We've yeah. also got, well, you're going to need some coax to hook up that antenna. So what have we got for that, Tom? Well, we've got a, this is not 100 feet, but we do have 100 feet of RG8X coax, complements of MFJ Enterprises. Yeah, that's that's just a piece I had here, and that's not. This a, is a prop. That's a prop. So it just kind of matched the box so well. <laughs> 100 feet's a little bit larger than that. We couldn't find any cardboard coax. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have time to make everything. Yeah. Uh, we've also... Some black string. Yeah. And this this will be the first year we've given one of these away in our anniversary contest. This is the MFJ-148RC radio-controlled clock. It's got two time zones on it. I like to set mine for the local time, and then UTC. there's UTC. also, you can choose UTC or uh, standard 12-hour time, either way. The second time zone, I'll, I'll set for uh, UTC. Uh, I meant 12 or 24-hour display. Mm -hmm. But second one, I set for UTC, and that's the two times I'm most interested in. I yes. want to know the central time. And I want to know UTC. Yeah, I've got one of these, too, and that's how I keep mine set. I love it because I can actually see it without my glasses. And you can even see it at night. Mm -hmm. You hit the little ahead. button right there. Uh, yep. it, it sets itself with a WWV, mm -hmm. so you never have to worry about it being accurate. And there's also a built-in 10-minute ID timer. I'm not going to hit the button, but you can hit this button right here. And every 10 minutes... It'll alert you that, hey, it's time to ID for yeah, license cool. preservation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very That's very cool. Nice I didn't know it had that. Oh, yeah. A great accessory, to, you know, great clock for your, your ham shack. And, and that battery lasts like 
for eternity in there too. The battery's been in mine for years, and it's still still the original one. Yep. What else might you want? Well, we've got a clock. We've got the coax. How about if you wanted to upgrade your license? What about a Gordon West study guide from the W5YI group? Oh, like one of these right here. Uh, yeah. The technician, the general, or the extra. Uh, available from Gordon West and W5YI. This is the premier study guide for your amateur license. If you're a technician, you, you're going to want to upgrade to general right away hey, if you if, win this radio. What if you're already an extra? If you're already an extra, then why don't you pick out a book for one of your buddies, maybe somebody who's not a ham, get them a technician book. Share the, yeah, share, share, the, the, share love. the love and spread this great hobby, best yep. hobby in the world. So uh, thanks, Gordo and W5YI for making that possible. These are, a couple of these are outdated now. They're sending me new ones, though, uh-huh. and they just haven't arrived yet. Just just sort of like like the radio. Yeah, but you got a lot of, you got a big UPS truck coming. I do. <laughs> so if you wanted to win all this, what's the qualifications like, Tommy? Well, it's similar to last year and the last several years. Uh, first, you must be a licensed U.S. or Canadian amateur radio operator with a U.S. or Canadian shipping address. And you can only enter once. Only one entry per contestant. If you send more than one entry, you're going to be disqualified. Yeah. The winner's responsible for any taxes incurred, although I don't think that's happened yet. But Not that I'm aware uh, of. That's the legal disclaimer. Mm-hmm. And the winner agrees that we can use their uh, name and call sign in promotional and news items related to the contest, which just means we're gonna we're gonna say, hey, you know, email diadin ke five qkr one the radio in the complete package this year. But we're not gonna say that. Uh, there's a good reason we're not gonna say that. Hey, I'll tell you why. Okay. Contestants must not be employee or affiliate of Amateur Logic, ICOM, MFJ Enterprises, Heil Sound, or Gordon West. Nice try, Mill. Oh, well. <laughs> yep. So how would you go about winning this? I mean, what, what do you need to do to key us into the fact that you'd like to win this radio package? Well, it's so easy. First thing you need to do is send an email to contest2019 at amateurlogic.tv with only your call sign in the subject line. Include your name, call sign, class of license, and your address in the email message. That's pretty easy. Yep. Um, what, when can you enter? I mean, there's a limited range of time well, there. You can do it now. Submissions must be made between Thursday, September the 5th and Thursday, October 10th, 2019. So you've got some time left, but uh, go ahead and get your entries in. One, your entry, one entry. One entry. Okay. And you send it to where? Contest 2019 at TV. And there's your cake email. Uh, I see the cake. Excellent. And remember, 
Nothing in the subject line for the email except your call sign. And then the other information down in the body of the email. But we suggest that you go to amateurlogic.tv slash contest where you'll find all the rules right there in one location. And make sure that that you get your entry correct when you send it in. Uh, The contest winner is going to be selected by a random drawing from the entries received. And the winner is going to be announced on the October 15th episode of AmateurLogic.tv. If it's determined that the winning entry does not meet the qualification requirements, another winner will be chosen by the same method. And you can get all the contest rules and information at AmateurLogic.tv slash contest. Yeah, and remember that one entry per person, please. So don't don't get disqualified. Yeah, sending more than yeah. one. If you if you you'll get a confirmation email, right? You set that up. Yeah, and let me tell you about that. Uh, it, when you enter, we send out an email to tell you, hey, we've we've tallied your entry there. So and thanks for entering. Well, there has been a little snag this year on that. And that is, for some reason, Yahoo is blocking our email server. Hmm. You know, we use a shared email server. So, uh, for some reason, Yahoo is is blocking it right now. And I I get bounced back. So, I know that a number of you who have a uh, Yahoo.com email address, you registered, but you did not receive uh, the reply. Uh, the autoresponder bounced back on us on you. If you're unsure, then just send an email to one of us and ask us, and we'll we'll yeah, check. We'll and be make glad sure. to check it for you. Thanks, ICOM, MFJ, Howl Sound, Gordon West, and W5YI for making this possible. It's going to be a really nice package for someone, and I promise you're going to get a real radio and really Some get a hundred co- foot real coax. Yep. Real, the right coax. And to sweeten the deal, what are we going to do, Tommy? We always do it. We're going to throw in a couple of PL259s. Wow. But you know what? I've got a couple that I had stashed of the gold collection. The faux gold? Should we swap these out with some I faux think so. I didn't oh, have yeah. any more. That's a must. Okay. So, uh, so I just pulled out those cheap amphenols. These are there. props as well. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to supply the real item, though. Yep, from my private stash. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Faux real. Faux real. <laughs> so get your entry in today. Go to amateurlogic.tv slash contest. Get all the details. Well, you know, if you want to keep up with us during the month, there's there's a few ways that you can do that. And I know that email knows about those email what is what is one way that you can get with us during the month well there's the facebook way which is a lot of fun these guys uh post uh all kind of subjects and all kind of things it's almost as rowdy as the chat room not quite as rowdy as the chat room and uh it's really a good thing i've been enjoying the the email uh, thing that you set up there tommy with the uh, groups.io as well I know uh, that's been, I've been getting some emails uh, via that mm-hmm. feature. Yeah. And that's groups.io slash g slash amateur logic. 
Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's actually where my uh, email I read for the T-shirt mm-hmm. come from. And I meant to mention that came from Groups.io. I don't think I said it when I read it earlier. Okay. And where else, if, like if you needed to get the information just like that? Well, you can get on Twitter, at Amateur Logic and at Ham College. Okay. And we don't put a lot of stuff on there. We really only... I monitor it a lot. I tweet a lot. But I've been trying to put a little bit on there here here lately. Okay. But uh, we're always always monitor it. So we always post on all three of these when the next episode's going to be, when we're shooting it live, so that uh, you'll know about it. So that's that's a way to find out there. Yep. And the groups.io, as email said, it does or, or will, if you opt in, send you an email to let you know that, uh, mm-hmm. hey, something's been posted here. Yeah, that's nice because you can get a digest of one a day if you want, or you can mm-hmm. get immediate ones. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to get, there's not a lot of traffic on there, but there's a little. If you don't want to get several emails a day, just get a digest. And we usually post a few days ahead yep. when we're going to shoot, so you'll get a notification in time. Yep. Also, you might want to check out the show notes on previous episodes and uh, see what the topics have been. You can find that at amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. Our friend Dan at 9LVS does that for us every month. And thanks, Dan. Yeah, appreciate that, Dan. Absolutely. Well, before we get out of here, uh, I guess maybe we ought to talk about where you can watch Amateur Logic in case for some reason you want to watch and you're not watching right now. Or you want to watch again. Yeah. You can go to amateurlogic.tv and you can uh, you can download, you can watch there. Uh, yeah, and there's other ways you can watch as well or listen. Yeah, and the ways are growing. Yep. What is another way? Well, we're on the Roku. We are on the Roku, and that's a real popular way to watch. Yeah. We're on YouTube. We are, on, and that's a fairly popular way fairly to watch. Fairly popular, although yeah. I think the direct downloads are probably the they most. They are, but... And also, we're now we're on the Amazon Fire Stick or the Cube or whatever. Yeah. So if you go to Amazon.com and search for AmateurLogic.tv, you'll find it. and uh, Or you can subscribe through your device either mm-hmm. way. But uh, we're on there now. We're on iTunes. We are on iTunes. I don't so, know I always forget about that one. That's, I'm sure that's very popular. I just don't use yeah. it myself very much. I don't know. If you go to AmateurLogic.tv, you'll actually find... An MP3 download as well there if you just want to listen, which some people do. Surprisingly, a lot of people do because, you yeah. know, when we were in Dayton this year, several people mentioned that that's how they yeah. they, uh, listen, they listen to the show and not watch it so much. And I would think with all the visual elements that we present here that listening would not be a good experience, but apparently it's entertaining. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> How many how many exabytes are we up to now? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Me no either. I'll idea. have to see if I can put together a complete amateur logic pie. Oh wow. Cool. Yeah, that's that another way to big. watch. You can watch with Cody. Yep. Yeah. Or any of those. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before we get out of here, any final words, Tommy? Words of wisdom to depart. No, just just get your uh, get your entry in for the contest, and uh, good luck in it, and we will see you next time. 
And I promise it's a real radio that you'll be getting. Email, I'm keeping the box. <laughs> you bring that to field day next year? I probably, yeah, put my goodies in there. I'm going to try to operate that, though. We'll see. Email, any, any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's so awesome for ICOM, MFJ, Heil, and uh, uh, Gordon to uh, throw that in there. That's so, you know, if I would have known I had this many chances over 14 years, I probably wouldn't have sent that first video because now I can't <laughs> enter. But it's okay. I still have each one, something from each one of those vendors because, of, you know, they're so good. So that's awesome. So thanks a lot, guys. And I, I hope whoever wins it's going to enjoy it because that's a whole station. Tommy, it is. maybe we should send an email the box. <laughs> That'd be fine. You think you'd, it'd feel okay? You think you're going to be it's, able to part with it? It's cheap. It is cheap. <laughs> It'll go good in the shack. I can just stick a label on it and a couple of stamps and it ought to... <laughs> <laughs> just like it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I appreciate everyone being here. It's always a lot of fun, and uh, we appreciate you tolerating us. It's been a long show tonight. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's been a good one, though. I it has. Some good, I think we had some good segments. And it's been fun. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you guys watching. All right. 7-3, everyone, joining us at the end of the month for the next Ham College with Professor Thomas and Dean Martin. That ought to be wrapping up the general. I think, well, I'm it, sure. yeah, it's, it's pretty close. We have covered mm-hmm. all... This will be the last episode that's got questions out of the question pool that just expired Mm -hmm. last month or in July. So we're going to, we'll begin covering the changes to the pool, but I don't know. We hadn't decided how long that's going to take yet. But then we're moving on to the extra, which should be really interesting. So I'm going to follow that one. All right. 7 3, everyone. Catch us back here in the middle of next month. And somebody's going to win this. Yep. chat with Josh there who works at MFJ that just happens to have one of these. Okay. We've tagged Josh here to tell us about a new Zygu transceiver that's a position or a function that he serves there at the Hamfest and for uh, the net over there in Alabama. That's that's not the right button. Meanwhile, we have the traffic report.